Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Slightly favours the right footer here, but Griffiths, having got the goal, goes again. Quick fire, tries it, don't know. Long, we over. Oh, what a goal! What a goal! Fletcher! Lucius McCulloch saved it in. Barry Ferguson does this again. Welcome to the Hamden Roar, it's me Andy Barge along with Ben Ramage of Media Scotland to take a look at the Scotland squad and the potential lineups for the games coming up this weekend against Russia and Belgium. Two huge games, the Russia one probably slightly more important, Ben we need to get off to a good start tomorrow to this doubleheader. No absolutely, I think the Kazakhstan result means that we really, we need to get something, but we need to get points from Russia definitely. Um, anything from Belgium would be a, a bonus, a bonus I think, yeah. but yeah, Russia is the, obviously the, the, the key fixture uh, tomorrow, we just got to hope that the boys can, can do the business. The squad I think is looking fairly strong, we've got some big names missing, we'll run through them in a minute, but if you look at the, whatever it is, 20, 23 players uh, that are away with uh, in the training camp this week, how do you feel about them? Mm-hmm. No, I think there's enough quality there, I think from the start of the season we've got a few new boys in the English Premier League and they've all started you know you'd say relatively well they're all playing there's a few that are now starting every game uh, which I think helps um, the Celtic boys are flying at the moment I think there's I think there's enough uh, momentum there that can really push us on in this this game tomorrow well let's get a, an 11 set then our 11 see if we can come to some sort of agreement on who mm-hmm. we would play uh, we'll run through the squad at first, um, position, uh, position by position. Okay, so the goalkeepers are David Marshall, Craig McGildrey, and John McLaughlin. I think there's only one winner mm-hmm. for who's going to play in goals tomorrow, David Marshall. He, I think for his experience, his caps, it's, it's going to be very uh, oppressive atmosphere. I would, you know, I think it will be quite nervy. Um, I think we need someone that can keep their cool, and I think Marshall is probably the uh, the pick of those three. McLaughlin I think has only had one cap am I right played in the South American friendlies uh, at the end of last uh, two, two seasons ago now and then McGilvery just called up out of the blue Portsmouth keeper and I'll have to be honest I'd never heard of him uh-huh. until last week so I think it's safe to say Marshall will be in goals Yeah. Um, Defence initially Grant Hanley and Liam Palmer were included and they've since uh, withdrawn from the squad so Defence consists of David Bates, who is a replacement. So David Bates, Liam Cooper, Mikey Devlin, Charlie Mulgrew, Stephen O'Donnell, Andy Robertson and Greg Taylor. Not many caps between them at all. 
um, were without uh, Tierney, of course, John Souter and McKenna, who Clark seemed to favour mm. in his first two games in charge. So from those eight, uh, from those seven, who do you think will be playing tomorrow? I know. It's, it's a tough one because I think centre-back is almost always a problem area for us and he's actually lost three or four of his first choices so I think Mulgrew will start I think he rates Mulgrew Mulgrew's got a lot of caps you know relative mm-hmm. especially compared to the yeah. four we've got left so I would expect to see Mulgrew at centre-back uh, Stephen O'Donnell at right-back I think he mm-hmm. picks himself at the moment he's the only right-back in the squad exactly. so yeah. we've got to hope he doesn't get injured because that's you know, yeah there's, it's really looking quite light there at the moment um, Andy Robertson picks himself a left back um, so then it's really who the other centre back will be um, and I know he has played Bates a few times I think I think Bates he's only 22 he's got plenty of time he's got all the right attributes to be a centre back I, I would, I'm inclined to lean to him um, rather than moment. play Cooper I'd say it's him and Cooper I think Cooper's obviously he's been at Leeds for a long time and he has raved you know they love him down mm-hmm. there and there's been a lot of calls for him to be in squads before um, I don't know what the reason is why he's not um, so it'll be interesting to see who he picks I, I would think it might be Bates because he's played a few more times uh, for Scotland recently well I, I wonder if perhaps it won't be Bates because he was drafted in as a replacement now, I know that's not always the way it works because I'm sure Naismith was drafted in as a replacement when McLeish was in charge and he ended up scoring the two goals against Albania. That was an important win. So sometimes the replacements do force their way into the team. But I am I'm convinced now that because Liam Cooper has been doing so well with Leeds, who are flying high at the top of the Championship, have been for a year now, for him to be included, I don't see why we would, without playing him, considering he's playing at such a good level consistently I watched the Amazon Prime Leeds documentary recommend it by the way for anyone who's not watched it it kind of Sunderland style follows them through their bid to get promoted kind of thing Mm -hmm. and they talk about the fans in the programme talk about how Cooper turned himself around from somebody who was maybe a bit of a a whipping boy for the fans somebody that would quite often be the subject of their criticism Mm -hmm. but when Bielsa came in and started turning around the team's fortunes Cooper really raised his game and as the captain was the leader at the back so I think if we combine all those things are we in a position really to turn someone like that down considering how thin we are I at centre half yeah, I think given the amount of injuries I think he'd probably be fourth or fifth choice generally but given the amount of people that we're missing um, I think in terms of quality and in terms of being up to speed because Bates has obviously he's gone on loan but mm-hmm. I think he's only just played his first game uh, for Wednesday so you know I think if you want someone that's up to speed to pay, face strikers that we're going to be up against against Russia I, th- I, th- I could see it happening I could see and I think him and Mulgrew they could work Would, would you play Bates? I would still pick Bates yeah. would. I think given the fact that he's played at Hamden before um, Do you think that this is too big a game for a debut? For a yeah, centre half? That would, that would be my argument for yeah. picking Bates but I, I think given the league that Cooper plays in um, and how well he plays for Leeds I think he would do a job as well So, okay. Do you think at the moment if McKenna was fit him and Mulgrew are the, f- the first two picks? I think they're Clarks yeah, yeah. and I, I've given like we say we just we don't have that many options to centre back um, I would probably yeah I'd probably take McKenna Okay 
we uh, we move on to midfield then so well actually just quickly before we move on we we can't agree on who the second centre half would be then so it'll be Mulgrew alongside either Bates or oh, uh, sorry Bates or Cooper yeah. we, we imagine okay um, so midfield is the uh, um, I feel rubbish calling it a problem area because it's it's our best area <laughs> it's, but a nice, it's, it's a nice problem yeah, to it's the the place where I think the most difficult decisions have to be made let's run through the the midfield options we've got in this squad we've got Armstrong Christie Ryan Jack John McGinn McGregor McLean Scott McTominay and Snodgrass Um I suppose you can count Forrest and Fraser etc but they probably I think they'll fill yeah. the wings yeah the I Snodgrass would, would as well if we're talking strictly centre mids yeah Armstrong Christie Jack McGinn McGregor McLean McTominay so seven quality players there how do you presuming that Steve Clark goes for three yeah which I think he will I think that's mm-hmm. his system he, I don't envisage him to be one that's going to change his system for the, the opposition mm-hmm. I, I think he'll have his way I think he likes everyone to know exactly what their role is and if he starts changing the formation it's just not going to work so I think it'll be seven into three which is the, <laughs> uh, that's the difficulty how do you do that division then how, how do you I think McGregor is the one that you would say will play Clark's a huge fan and I think he his form at the moment you know just everything revolves around him and every he just makes it tick so Mm -hmm. I I would think that McGregor will play um, in one of the two I I don't know whether he's going to be with two holding midfielders or one um, whether I don't really know how his midfield is going to set up I would set up with two holding mids given the the strength of the centre backs against Cyprus Clark went with McGregor, McGinn and McLean mm-hmm. for me we need somebody who's more defensive minded mm-hmm. and I know John McGinn can play in defensive mid but I feel much more comfortable with him going forward rather than trying to screen absolutely. a defence Absolutely. and I know he's a good tackler but I feel like he's good at tackling when he's harrying and pressing people and putting himself about rather than kind of trying to hold a position and yeah. and do what, what I think McTominay will mm-hmm. be doing yeah yeah Okay, so I think we've have we stumbled into the next Mc- midfield. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I for me, McTominay has to play in yeah. the, at the base of the midfield. Whatever the yeah. shape is, McTominay has to be the one who's anchoring it for me. Well, we're definitely in agreement on yeah. that one. Um, <laughs> okay. I think he's pretty much played every game for Man U. Yeah. Um, and the fact that Solskjaer rates him that much and Mourinho rated him that much as well, you know, these managers are seeing something in him that they say, right, he has to be in the team, yeah. and we cannot afford to leave someone out. If they if they're getting if they've yeah. got that such rave reviews about them, um, I know he he's not stunning. He really does remind me of Darren Fletcher. Like he's not going to go and beat three people, <laughs> yeah. and, but he just he makes things tick and he works his socks off. And you need someone in centre mid especially that can do that. And so I would be building that midfield around him. Um, I think him and McGregor can work really well because yeah. McGregor's a wee bit more offensive, but you know I think the two of them together in the centre would, would be really I don't, I don't think McTominay I don't think McTominay's shy when it comes to getting stuck in and putting himself about but I think he also plays with a an elegance or, or grace about his game as well and what I love about McTominay I've noticed it when he plays for Man United and in his appearances for Scotland as well when he passes the ball there's zip on it he doesn't the ball doesn't trundle towards its target if he's passing in an attack the pass is played in front of the winger or the fullback to run on to it's not 
halting the momentum of yeah. attacks. I think he, I think he has to play, considering that he's playing. And I know Man United aren't the top four team they were, but he's playing at a strong level every week, and I think he's made more than a justifiable case to yeah. start. Well, you see what he did last season as well in Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's got that quality that we just we don't yeah. have enough players like that, unfortunately. Otherwise, yeah. we would be qualifying. So we just cannot afford to have him sat on the bench. Um, so I would really, mm-hmm. really want to see him starting. So we're, we're we're writing down a a four, three three with wingers here. Mm-hmm. So we've got McTominay and McGregor both in our team. Who takes the last spot? Kenny McLean was given the nod twice mm-hmm. in Clark's first two games, and to be honest, I thought he was our best player against Cyprus. I really thought he dictated play, controlled it. But I my instinct says he won't play. I think that McGinn will probably play and if it's not McGinn it will be Christie I don't think McGinn will start yeah. I don't think McLean will start this one right. see so I've actually gone for the same I've got McGinn or Christie I'm just yeah. not um, I think because McGinn has been playing every every week and he's been playing well you know he's not just mm-hmm. it's not just that he's playing in the Premier League he's actually playing really yeah. well he's playing every minute um, his passing is really good his vision's really good um, I, th- I think playing ahead of the other two midfielders will give him more rain yeah. and it makes him less of a of a risk to us I think when he plays at the base of the midfield that's when he becomes a risk if he tries a weak Cruyff turn and it doesn't come off then we're in trouble but if he does that and he's still got the two midfielders behind him that's yeah. it's not it's less likely to lead to them attacking yeah. and breaking through so if he was going to be a playmaker I think I would play him uh, if, John, if John McGinn is going to play for me it cannot be in the, the base of the mm-hmm. midfield it has to be in a more advanced role yeah. But I'm much more comfortable working there. <laughs> yeah. um, one player then that, that we haven't really brought into contention is Stuart Armstrong. Now we have sung Armstrong's praises continuously right. on this podcast. At the moment, I don't think he's a starter. And, and I know that, well, I think anyway, he provides a style of play that nobody else in the squad has. Mm-hmm. But he's not playing so often for Southampton, I'm not sure how sharp he'll be. I think if Scotland need to change the way that the game's going, yeah. he's a good option yeah. to bring on. 100%. And I think that's the way that Southampton view it as well. Mm-hmm. I think if you're if you're not good enough to have the ball all the time, and he's one of those luxury midfielders that mm-hmm. if you can afford to have a number 10 that simply sits and roams, he is perfect mm-hmm. and he can play that. But I think for us at the moment, we can't afford to start someone like that. Mm-hmm. If it's nil-nil, as it may well be, and we need someone to come on and unlock the defence, that's when you that's, bring your arms that's where he on. comes into his own and that's exactly what Southampton are doing at yeah. the moment so I would expect to see him on the bench and to come on if yeah. we need if we need to unlock the door so we're saying then that midfield three Scott McTominay at the base with Cal McGregor and John McGinn playing kind of around him mm-hmm. yeah. I think that's a really strong midfield yeah and, and when you look at the ones that aren't there as well I mean Ryan Jack's an option if McTominay for example gets injured Absolutely. Ryan Jack can come on and play in the base you've got McLean uh, Christie as well has had such a good start season for Celtic I think he could probably count himself unlucky that there are so many other good centre mids he's another yeah. one that falls into that category the only one I think that's been around the squad before that isn't involved this time is John Fleck I think that's because mm-hmm. of an injury yeah. um, if, if you look at the midfield though the Belgium I wonder if because Russia are probably a superior team to us mm-hmm. Clark will set up uh, the way that he did against Belgium away and the midfield was it was like a five in midfield with McTominay at the base McLean and Armstrong 
who came off injured pretty early, I mm-hmm. think, in that game, though. Um, McTominay at the base, McLean and Armstrong, and then Cal McGregor and Johnny Russell wide. And it was quite narrow mm-hmm. to try and contain, I suppose. I wonder if that's the way that Clark will decide to do things again and, and make it a five and drop the more attacking wingers for more central ones that are yeah. just stuck out there mm. for defensive that reasons are better defensively yeah. as well yeah um, yeah I could I could see it happening against Belgium I think Russia we really need to win yeah. but, and I think our best chance of doing that is probably to press them and try and put them under pressure mm. you know it's at Hamden if we can get the wingers up and getting in behind the defence then we really can cause some problems so. well I hope so I mean it's not like we're lacking talent or ability mm. out wide I'm pretty sure that we don't really need to spend too much time discussing who would playing mm-hmm. out there um, Ryan Fraser's probably got the left midfield spot nailed down if he's yeah. fit yeah. no 100% yeah. on the right now this might cause a bit of controversy is James Forrest under threat for his position or do you think he's nailed on to play or is Arm- eh, not Armstrong sorry Snodgrass maybe See, in, I would be in playing contention. Snodgrass yeah. I would be playing Snodgrass I know that Forrest has been very good mm-hmm. um, but I just I don't see it enough in a Scotland shirt. And what I love about Snodgrass is his delivery, mm-hmm. uh, especially from set pieces as well. We don't really have anyone. I mean, McGinn can, but I think Snodgrass is more unlikely to unlock if, if Russia are quite yeah. stuffy. I think Forrest is it's almost like a 50-50. It's like, is he going to turn up or is he not? Yeah. And if he doesn't, you've wasted 60 minutes on a player that hasn't turned up. Yeah. Snodgrass has generally played very well in a Scotland shirt. He's got very good delivery, very good finish. Um, he's also got a point to prove, which I really like. Yeah. You know, when a player's really, really got the bit between their teeth, they can play above themselves. And I think this is this could be Snodgrass's chance to be like, this is why I should have been playing the last campaign. It's uh, it's bizarre to me that Robert Snodgrass has only got twenty six caps. Mm-hmm. It feels like he should have double that. Mm-hmm. It, and I I trust him more than Forrest. If I'm speaking frankly, I trust him. Yeah in a game like this more than I trust James Forrest because as we've discussed again previously on this podcast Forrest I know he had a good Nations League but the game against Albania away I think it was when he scored a couple of good goals honestly was the first time I'd seen him turn in a top performance exactly. for Scotland after about 25 yeah, caps exactly it's, it was because uh, I, I checked it quickly it was five five goals Forrest to score mm-hmm. against uh, Albania and Israel Snodgrass has got seven, which included goals against Croatia, Denmark, and Slovenia. So that's the kind of quality yeah. of position that Snodgrass actually plays his best football because they're not always just sitting in, mm-hmm. which is maybe what suits Forrest more, where it's just blind pace gets past people. Um, I think Snodgrass has just got the edge on him in terms of quality and maybe in terms of ambition to be like this is I'm going to make my mark in this game I'm yeah. going to prove that I'm good enough and that this that I should never have been left out of this setup. Yeah. You know, it's a I, bit of a free hit with Snoddy at the moment. I think that Forrest will get the nod, but mm-hmm. my gut instinct is that I I would like to see Robert Snodgrass play yeah. ahead of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I would totally agree with you. agree on that one. Okay then. This is pretty easy, isn't it? It's <laughs> good. Let's discuss number 9. The options going forward are Stephen Naismith, Ola McBurney, Matt Phillips and I suppose Johnny Russell can play there mm-hmm. too. It's uh, it's it's not overly inspiring. I think there are the players all offer different things. Yeah, McBurney's a 
proper target man, somebody that can maybe hold the ball up and bring the wingers into play. Yeah. I think if you're looking to get in behind or hit the channels, Matt Phillips might get the nod, mm-hmm. and Naismith's more of a kind of all-rounder. Mm-hmm. If you want the ball to fall to any of them in the box, yeah. it probably mm-hmm. Naismith. Uh, Russell, I don't think, will come into contention for starting up front. I think he's probably considered more of a, a yeah. wide man. Uh, if we had Griffiths, this would probably be an easier mm-hmm. discussion. Um, but out of those three, let's narrow it down to three: McBurney, Naismith, or Phillips. Who'd you fancy? It's tough. It's a, they all, like you say, they all offer different things. So it's going to be very much what Clark's game plan is. Yeah. I think Naismith getting his fiftieth cap, what it would be. Um, I think he offers such quality in and around the box where he can bring other people in. If you were playing someone like Snodgrass, I think they would just link up mm-hmm. all day long. Um, it's. The only thing with Naismith is just his size maybe counts against him against big opposition yeah. for okay. the Russian defence. It's a tough one. Phillips has done a job um, up front for us before. I still don't think he's an out-and-out striker. I think we're really shoehorning him in there. I think Naismith sort of nous in the box. I think that could actually be like really critical. I, I would, I'm leaning towards Naismith as long as he is actually fit. Because that's the other thing is that he hasn't got a lot of game time for Hearts this season. They came off the bench for Hearts against Aki's weekend last year. Nine minutes. McBurney's (coughs) scored against Leicester. Yeah. Although there's the issue with McBurney about the whole video. Yeah. I'm not too sure how vital or problematic it is. I think that kind of thing will get said in the dressing room all the time. And it's not... Uh, You saw the pictures of him as a child and stuff. Like, I, I don't think there's any question mark over it. He was speaking to the Irish boys... I think it's a bit, you know, I, I I can totally understand why Clark was disappointed because I think his whole mindset is that everybody has to be in it together yeah. and 100% committed and that totally undercuts that. Yeah. So I could actually see him making a wee bit of an example of him and having him on the bench and maybe saying, you know, you would have started, but obviously all of this has happened, I'm going to leave you on the bench and you can come on and make a point. Um, it depends how he's, how he's going to play it. It's a shame because McBurney was... On a good run of form, he's just made his big yeah. move. You know, he should have started all right. It, it should have actually been an easier decision than it is. But I think that does just call into question a wee bit. Clark has to keep that sort of mindset going of the mm. squad that a hundred percent if you come with this team. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think, but I do think that deep down, McBurney does want to play. I think he's just spoken stupidly without thinking, yeah. trying to maybe have a laugh exactly. with his teammates. I mean, yeah. we will we will joke about saying it's shy to go and watch Scotland, <laughs> but we still go because yeah. we love the team. Like it's not. It, I I honestly think it was more just banter in the dressing room. Mm-hmm. Somebody obviously had their phone out, and mm-hmm. it is unfortunate for the boy. It's obviously the media are always going to jump on that. Um, it's a harsh lesson for him, yeah. but he's a young lad. He's obviously committed to the to the team. He's played in every youth group, so I, I'm not I'm not really worried about that so much. I, d- I don't like how a lot of fans, in response to the media covering this, whether it was the Record of the Sun or BBC, whoever putting out uh, coverage on McBurney and shot claim, mm-hmm. whatever, fans replying to it saying that oh he's shite anyway, we don't want him. I think need to open their eyes a wee bit and realise what he achieved last mm-hmm. season. McBurney, 22 goals in 44 league games for Swansea. That's that's an astounding Absolutely. record a goal every two games that's brilliant and yes he's not quite performed so well for Scotland so far he's come close twice he's hit the post mm-hmm. and if he's got seven caps if he'd scored two goals after seven caps for a young striker thinking right okay decent so it's fine margins he's nearly found the net yeah. twice 
and that was for one of the worst Scotland teams yeah. in years you know which is saying a lot that yeah. was that was playing for a very poor side game yeah. very few chances um, it's, it's, we're, we are, and I say this again I, I said it about uh, someone earlier uh, Cooper we're not in a position to turn someone down who's playing consistently at this level we now have a Premier League striker he's already scored this season who scored over 20 goals in English Championship last season which is widely recognised as one of the toughest mm-hmm. leagues in Europe to succeed in we can't turn around and say oh he's shite anyway just because he joked maybe about not coming away with the national team if McBurney can find form consistent form for Sheffield United this season and translate that to the international team over the next couple of months he is what we have been crying out for exactly. when was the last time we had a £20 million striker <laughs> who knows <laughs> it was it was the record wasn't it I mean we just we can't turn someone like that down no um, and he, he will I'm, I'm convinced he will come good at some point he'll score I mean look at uh, people like Fletcher in the past used to have a hard time um, I'm sure Naismith's not always been coming to the national team on top form but when they become a part of the furniture I suppose and are doing well at club uh, at club level it's important to have them around because especially up front we don't have too many uh, amazing options Griffiths is the Griffiths is the one that I thought would be leading the line I thought he'd be in I thought he'd be involved him and Clark, I'm assuming, have had the discussion. Uh, and yeah, it's I think just you just early. you just don't want to push Griffiths too mm-hmm. much early on. He is literally just back in after months out, mm-hmm. and I think it's obviously not so much a physical thing, but just get him back in the right headspace. I think McBurney is a bit into the Snodgrass category as well as having a point to prove. Mm-hmm. He, how much would he love to score the winner? Yeah, you know, tomorrow night, and then suddenly. You know the whole country's behind him. You yeah. know that is that is really good motivation for him to go out and put in a performance. So maybe Clark will utilise that. Well, uh, we'll run through our team. Then there's only one position that we've disagreed on, one in the centre half. So we both have Marshall and goals. Defence would be right back Stephen O'Donnell, left back Andy Robertson, centre half Charlie McGrew, and Ben would have David Bates. I would have Liam Cooper. Midfield three of Scott McTominay, Cal McGregor, and John McGinn. Wide players Ryan Fraser and Robert Snodgrass, and through the middle, Ollie McBurney. Mm-hmm. Okay, then, how do we change that 11 to cope with the best team in the world coming on Monday? <laughs> Cross our fingers a bit. <laughs> this, is why we're, this is why we're journalists and not <laughs> football managers, but give it your best it's, shot. What do you think needs to change to try and cope with Belgium? I'd say you're probably looking at the wingers, as you said. I think you'd maybe go with five more midfield players as opposed to three midfielders and two wingers mm-hmm. I think you need we're, we're going to be doing a lot of tracking yeah. <laughs> um, against Belgium's wingers um, so yeah you'd I maybe not- I noticed Hazard's out so positive both of the Hazards yeah, yeah so that's, that is genuinely really good news because mm-hmm. the last time they came to Hampden oh, Hazard, Hazard was the difference so if you take him out that it undoubtedly weakens them so that is huge for us actually that Hazard is out I, I, the Belgium away game I thought that honestly thought that we were we were alright yeah. and it was Lukaku scored two minutes into first half injury time uh, and then they get another goal um, mm-hmm. in the second half and then go and kill the game I'm pretty sure McKenna had a good chance at either 1-0 or did, 2-0 it. so you know again it's fine margins if, some, if spots and maybes whatever but we weren't embarrassed no and it's at Hamden so mm-hmm. you know you know what it, what it can be like when the crowd gets behind them it's away games, especially in international football, are not easy for anyone. You know, so we can we can genuinely put Belgium under pressure. If we beat Russia tomorrow, Hamden will be bouncing exactly. on Monday. And I know that 
the chances of us winning are okay they're slim but when you look at the teams that have come in competitive fixtures in the last decade or even longer we have given them a real good go and sometimes a, a scare we were inches from beating England came back to equalise with Spain and then they unfortunately went on and uh, won the game exactly the same with Germany we ran them really close um, we drew with Poland after, and that was a last minute concession of a, an equaliser France were beaten uh, 12 years ago now so when Hamden's rocking and the big teams come I'm pretty sure that it won't end up and I hope I don't jinx the team here I'm, I don't think it'll be the same as the friendly last yeah. year when they beat us 4-0 or something mm-hmm. didn't they I think, I, I, I think it'll be a different game to that yeah. Hamden's a leveller I think for us mm-hmm. um, in terms of I know people say the atmosphere isn't great but it genuinely does put the opposition under pressure mm-hmm. um, when the Tartan army is singing because not every country has that yeah. um, and I know it's a bit of a cliche when Clark says he wants everyone to come and support and stuff but it is genuine You know that not many national teams have that sort of size of backing for the size of the squad and the size of the country so that is it's a banana skin for Belgium they, they've got nothing to, to really win they're expected to come and beat yeah. us if we put them under pressure, you know, a, a draw could be the difference if we then go and draw in Russia yeah. or beat Russia away. So 100%. I, I do not think a draw is beyond the realm's possibility. It would be... Oh, I'm getting butterflies at the thought of that one. <laughs> that would be unbelievable. Uh, I, I don't know. I think that McTominay will play against Belgium. If he doesn't play yes. against Russia, I think he'll play yeah. against Belgium. Um, McGregor is Looking well, at the other midfielders... McGregor has the engine that you need. Mm-hmm. We're just we're going to be pressing and chasing a lot of yeah. that game. You need those two playing. Um, for me, they're, they're probably the starters mm-hmm. every week. I wonder. Game. I wonder if he'll do if Clark will do what he did in the away in the away game and ditch Fraser and Forrest. And then he, he went with McGregor out wide. Yeah, I certainly wouldn't play Forrest against Belgium. No. Um, Snodgrass. Snodgrass. I Johnny think Rus- he, Johnny I, Russell. See, I think Snodgrass proves that he is up to that quality playing in the Premier League yeah. and not looking out of place at all with anything he looks very good yeah, sure. so you know playing against Belgium that's not going to phase him I'm, I'm on the similar mind of thinking there to be honest um, the fixtures coming up are and see to be honest looking at the, the league table here the qualifying table a team just quietly going about their business or Kazakhstan <laughs> worrying we did help them yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well they play Cyprus away tomorrow if they win that they will go on to nine points. So it's Belgium on 12. Let's assume that they're going to yeah. finish top, okay? Russia are on nine, and then it's us and Kazakhstan on six. So if we, if we beat Russia tomorrow, takes us level with them, and it's probably all to play for if mm-hmm. we can go over to Russia and sneak something, hopefully. I'd say so, yeah. Uh, but Kazakhstan, I mean, we've got them in, at home in our last game, which is... Worrying. <laughs> it could, it could, it could be an everyone, but at least it's not Belgium. Yeah. You know, at least it's we can go and win that game mm-hmm. if we if we really have to. It well, will be nervy, obviously. Russia's uh, second last game is Belgium away, so it's not exactly ideal for them yeah. to have the best team in the group uh, towards the end of the campaign. Of course, we this double header is followed immediately by Russia away. So if we can take three points, or a, I imagine four mm-hmm. from this. We would be in a strong position going into Russia away, knowing that a point would keep us probably right in contention. Mm. Should Belgium do their job and keep their end of the bargain, which is stupid to try and rely on, because remember we had the group with Poland and Ireland and Germany, Mm -hmm. and we 
were undefeated against Ireland and Poland and then they end up finished fourth because Poland and Ireland both beat Germany. Germany yeah. So that part of me thinks that we might need to in the end take a point off Belgium. I think it, it certainly helps for the nitty gritty. You know, we've missed mm-hmm. out on in terms of just one or two points. Yeah. If you can get a point off the big team and I don't I don't see any reason why we can't do that on Monday. The, my, my biggest fear would be the defence because mm. they're going to be up against some absolute world class oh, yeah. attackers and it is, it's very hard to get them up to that level they're going to need a lot of help from midfield we'll be, we'll be pinned and I think the midfield will need to be absolutely on point providing yeah. every sort of assurance that they can cover, through yeah. defence yeah. there's a the, the t- looking at the table there's every chance that we can go into the Russia game beat Russia sorry this weekend take a point off Belgium and still go into the Russia game um, behind them on points so we we really need Russia to slip up elsewhere which against Kazakhstan I think there's a potential there um, but it is, it is our own doing the mm. fact that we lost to Kazakhstan yeah. that's why we, and we have a habit of doing this early on and then the heroic late uh, yeah. dash for it we've just got to hope that that's I, I do think we've got more quality now in the squads than we used to. Um, that's that's my real hope that we can actually yeah. really contend with Russia and potentially beat them. Home. I, I've I've got confidence, which worries <laughs> me going into tomorrow's game. Well, we'll maybe do a podcast next week then, um, reflecting on how things have gone, depending on how good it is or how mm-hmm. bad it is. Um, but we'll do one as well for before the, the October qualifiers when we've got Russia and San Marino. All right, good stuff. So. Thanks for listening to the Hamden Road. I'm Andy Barge. With me, again, as usual, is Ben Ramage. If you're going to the game tomorrow night or tonight, as it might be when you're listening to this, hope you enjoy and come on, Scotland. Sports Social Podcast Network.